Holding on because something is familiar is not an exercise of faith. It is truly an indication of us just making choices rooted in fear. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Wealth. Listen, if you are brand spanking new here, here's what you need to know. You have just stepped into no ordinary personal finance or wealth building show. Your life will never be the same because this is a community that believes that wealth is so much more than just money and material possessions. We believe in the original 12th century definition of wealth, which says it's the condition of well-being. And so each and every week, we look at what I call the six pillars of wealth to unpack how all the areas of our life literally impact how we manage our money, how we connect with our finances, and ultimately determine how we can build financial wealth. And so if you want to grab what those six pillars are, I want you to go to my website, patricewashington.com forward slash start here and grab the free audio training, The Truth About Wealth in less than 30 minutes you'll literally have a new take on what it means to truly be wealthy. Now, before we jump into this week's episode, I want you to know it was brought to you by my new book, now available, Redefine Wealth for Yourself, How to Stop Chasing Money and Finally Live Your Life's Purpose. I am so excited to get this into your hands so you can have a playbook, a guide, a manuscript for how we actually live the six pillars out in our everyday life. These are the rituals, the mindsets, the behaviors, the attitudes, the beliefs, the exercises that I have personally done and still do to continue to build wealth from the inside out. And I can't wait for you to have it. So head to redefinewealthforyourself.com and pick up your copy today. For the next few weeks here on the podcast, we're going to be talking about letting go. And I wanted to do this episode first before I bring in these powerful guests over the next several weeks, because I don't want you to be tempted to skip over this series. I know a lot of you struggle with the idea of letting go because in your mind, letting go means giving up. And maybe you've been taught Maybe you were raised to never give up. You always keep going, keep fighting, keep striving, right? The problem is that sometimes this is actually not moving you closer to redefining wealth for yourself. It's not moving you closer to building any real wealth. It's not moving you closer to being in a space where you could freely chase purpose Because it's tied to limiting beliefs, thoughts, ideas, relationships, practices that just truly don't serve you anymore. Maybe they kept you safe for a season in your life. Maybe they allowed you to endure some difficult times, some difficult work settings, some difficult relationships. I don't know. But I know that we've all been there. I know that I've been there. And I know that one of my struggles have been in different times in my life, letting go of the last season because it would feel like I lost. And I want to be a winner in everything that I do. I want to feel like I won 
And in financial psychology, there's a concept called loss aversion. What it shows is the pain from losing money is twice as great for us as the pleasure of winning money, right? And the fear of like losing something will influence our decisions, not necessarily for the better. So why is this so profound? Like, why does this matter? It matters because loss aversion is this thought that really what it says is we're motivated by fears rather than by what we want. We're motivated by what we don't want, which is loss, rather than what we do want, right? So think about it this way. If somebody gave you a $100 bottle of wine, right? Yes, you're going to gain a small amount of joy or happiness from that. But if somebody broke a $100 bottle of wine that you already had, you would be twice as unhappy. You would be twice as upset. So this idea of you having something already that you have to let go of is more upsetting than the possibility of what's ahead of you, like what could possibly be put in your hand. And so we make decisions from this place of like holding on to what's familiar, to what's comfortable, to what we feel keeps us safe, right? Versus allowing ourselves to be fueled by what's possible in the season ahead. And holding on because something is familiar is not an exercise of faith. It is truly an indication of us just making choices rooted in fear. And so oftentimes, the problem is not that we don't know what to do next. The problem is not that we're just stuck. The problem is that we're making a choice to clench our fists around what we have become accustomed to. It's not that we don't know where to go, and it's not that we don't know what to do. It's that that over there up yonder is unfamiliar, and this This here, I already know, even if it's not truly supportive of who I say I want to be or what I say I want to have. And so I've been thinking about this a lot. You know, when I did the three things I was leaving behind in my 30s for my 40th birthday, I talked about letting go of a lot of things, the labels that I no longer want to wear. I talked about letting go of my unhealthy, unnecessary attachment to certain numbers, like the one on the scale or like my credit score. But there's so many reasons why we we should let go, why we could let go. And I've been thinking about it like baggage. So I don't know about you, but I've had to start to travel again this year. I've been back and forth to California to support my mom with some stuff and now getting booked again to do certain things which require travel. And I was thinking about it like this. Imagine you have four trips in the next 12 months. And so the first trip is a summertime trip, right? And you pack your bags and you have what? Your swimsuit, your flip-flops, your sunscreen, you know, big floppy hat, all the things because it's a summer trip. And for that season, what you've packed in your bags makes sense. But then in the fall, you need to go to Boston. And instead of unpacking 
your suitcase, you take the same summertime clothes that maybe you went to Mexico with to Boston in September. And then after you've looked around and been looked at by people going, where do you think you are? What is going on here? Why are you out here like this? It's 40 degrees, although in Boston they may see that as warm. I don't know. Um, But, you know, you went, you took the baggage, and, I mean, you made it. You, You got to the next place, but were you actually equipped? Were you actually prepared? Well, whether you were or you weren't, you made it through that trip, you come back home, you still don't unpack, and you get ready for a winter trip. And this this time, let's say you're going to Antarctica, right? And you still have your swimsuit, your flip-flops, your big floppy hat, your sunglasses, your sunscreen. And now you are in a place that is negative 10 degrees. Think about the discomfort. Think about the annoyance with yourself. Think about the irritation the embarrassment, because surely people are looking at you like, do you know where you are, right? Think about the jealousy that creeps up because now you're standing in the middle of Antarctica in a swimsuit looking at people in their down coats and Ugg boots or whatever type of weathered (laughs) clothing they may have on, and you're mad. You're downright upset. And you're, you're, you can't believe that they're not even feeling bad for you. You can't believe that they're actually sitting there judging you. But the truth is, you showed up in a new season with baggage from an old season, and you're confused about where the problem is. And... You got on that plane. You bought the airline ticket. You took that same bag and didn't unpack anything. You got on the plane. You saw that in this season, right, based on where you were going, that people were living and dressing and doing things differently. Not that you have to mirror exactly what anyone else is doing. Because you had enough time to put your own flair on it. You had enough time to put your own spin on it. But yet you chose to take the exact same baggage. The exact same content. And what's crazy is it's the same suitcase, right? It looks fine on the outside. But it's the contents on the inside. That as we go from season to season, we should actually be updating. And that is so much like our lives. As we go from season to season, there are some things that need to be updated. There are some thoughts, some beliefs, some ways of being, some relationships that need to be updated. And as a matter of fact, they just need to be let go so that we can be free to pack what's necessary for the next leg of our journey. We are holding on to too many things that don't serve us. And the beauty of this idea of looking at our lives, right? 
as seasons. That's what allows us to know that, first of all, nothing is forever. Everything has its proper and suitable time. I love the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible where it just talks about there's a season for everything. To everything, there is a season, right? That lets you know that so many of the things that we're experiencing are designed to be temporal. If you are not shifting from season to season in your life, you're not going to be growing. You're going to be stuck and you're going to find yourself in a place where you may have taken yourself into a new environment, but you took the same old you with some stuff that doesn't necessarily fit in the new environment you say you want to be in. The beauty of seasons is that we can look at certain events in our lives and and know, well, this won't last always. I always say that one of my superpowers is resilience. I think my ability to be resilient definitely comes from my faith, but my faith is also rooted in this sense that to everything, there is a season. So no matter what hardship, no matter what betrayal, no matter what difficult season I find myself in, I know this won't last always. I know this too shall pass. The problem is when we are in a space, when we're in a season and we treat it as if it's going to be there forever. And this works not in our favor in a few different ways. Because I also remember a time when I was in a great season when I had my real estate and mortgage brokerage and I was making all the money and buying the cars and living in the house and doing all the things. And I thought that that season could never come to an end. Therefore, I wasn't prepared. This is the problem with not understanding that life is cyclical. That while we have a duty and responsibility to, I believe, enjoy wherever we are, to the best of our ability, have gratitude for wherever we are in this season, we also have a duty and responsibility to prepare and plan for the next, knowing that none of it will last always. I believe that thinking about life in terms of seasons is what gives us the opportunity to make the best of what's in front of us. It's how we learn to not be happy when, but be happy now. It's how we learn to not keep waiting for some time off in the distant future because tomorrow is not promised. This is where we are today. We have to fight for the gratitude today. There's a new app called HiHo, and I asked a question about... I believe I framed the question in terms of what's something you learned about money or wealth as a kid that you grew up and found out was a lie. And we've been having such great conversations over on this HiHo app. And one gentleman replied and he said his father died suddenly. And he remembered his father always saying, that he would do things, you know, off in the future when he retired, but that meant that he worked really hard overtime, extra hours, 
You know, I'm imagining six, seven days a week sometimes and didn't necessarily put that time in with the family. And then he died younger than expected and he died suddenly. And I think this is the problem with setting your life up to be, oh, you know, it'll be better when I get over there as opposed to embracing the season we're in, but then knowing when it's time to let go. One of the things I hear all the time is the good old days. I know you run into people too where they're always talking about, you know, how it used to be back in the day, right? Oh, in in my day, in the good old days. And I don't think there's anything wrong with reminiscing, but I think there is something wrong with wanting to go backwards, with wanting to hold on to a season that's past. Could you be happy if you never saw the good old days again? That's my question to you. Like, is it possible to have gratitude for what's been and yet still grant space for what's to come? Because last season, whether you deem it good or bad, is gone. And I believe that if God wants to do a new thing, we have to be willing to release our grip on what's been to make room for what's to come. And I know we talk about these things a lot from like, I think a a mindset perspective, a spiritual perspective, but even in a practical sense, what are you holding on to in your physical space? What are you holding on to around your home that reflects an old season? Your, Your taste has changed. Your style has changed. Yet you have a closet full of clothes that you hold on to for this in case this comes back around. Well, let's deal with that later because for right now, it's clutter. And this idea that we have to keep holding on to things for that in case something happens, mm, nine times out of 10, it's not. And if it does come back around, you're not going to be able to fit it. (laughs) So let's stop this, right? What are you holding on to in a practical sense? Are you holding on to old books, for example, old magazines that one, you know, you're never going to read again, but two, they don't even reflect your thoughts or beliefs anymore. And three, you don't even have the space to receive new books with new information that is rooted in where you're going, not in necessarily where you've been. Do you have old love letters from past relationships, or I remember one client who was holding on to all of this proof that her significant other was cheating on her. They've since separated many, many years ago, and yet she was moving from place to place with things that represented an old expired relationship from a previous season. How can you create the space for a new, loving, healthy relationship when you're holding on to, when every time you get a glimpse of this Thing that represents an old season that no longer serves you. It, it does something in your body. It does something in your spirit. It zaps your energy. It takes you back to that place. Why would you keep things around you that make you reminisce upon something that no longer represents the season that you want to be in? What do you need to let go of? I've been letting go with the whole letting go of the numbers on the scale. I've also been letting go of clothes. Um, I'm not a medium. (laughs) 
I'm not a medium and it's very unlikely that I will ever be a medium again. And that's okay. And having my closet full of things that don't represent the season that I'm in, that don't make me feel good about my body, that actually do the reverse, right? If I hold on to these things and I keep going, oh, I remember when I could fit in this dress. Okay, but that was last season. There are things that complement this version of your body so well. And it's time for you to embrace your curves and embrace the new season. I will never look like I did at 22. I'm 40 years old. And that's not to say, oh, I can just, you know, let myself go, I would say, because I'm still more committed to being the healthiest version of myself, right? But that doesn't mean that I need to be the tiniest version of myself. So in a practical sense, I'm just letting go of stuff. When I get to my next season, as I continue to work towards, not really work, but like move towards the new season, I'm really looking around and taking inventory. Who are people that don't represent the types of relationships that I want to have in my life? They don't get to go. What are ideas or thoughts that I have to leave in the last season? And God bless them. They maintained or sustained me for whatever reason, whatever void those those ideas, those relationships, those thoughts, those practices filled. They did what they needed to do for me to be who I was and learn what I needed to learn in that past season. But it is okay to let go of last season, to loosen up my fingertips, to loosen up my hand and create the space to receive what's next for me. And I believe the same for you. So over these next several weeks, I have amazing people lined up and they're going to be talking about freedom and letting go of different things in our lives that truly are keeping us stuck. And we don't realize that that's the clutter, right? All of these things, the people, places, practices, the ways of being, all of this stuff is creating clutter and preventing us from having the clarity we need to do what we need to do to build wealth. And the, I see it, I see it in my own life, oh my gosh, that the more I release and let go of things that are from a previous season, the more I see the possibility in what's to come. Some things you're not going to see until you release first, that's faith. Some things are not going to make sense until the chatter and clutter of what you're already dealing with is minimized. Some opportunities just can't be presented because we would be so distracted by the foolishness we're already allowing in that we're already keeping ourselves occupied with. We have to let go first. It's not, I'll let go once I see what's ahead. Wouldn't that be nice? But again, that's not an exercise of faith. There are so many opportunities and possibilities that will connect to your wealth, 
building, which, as you know, I believe is a big part of your well-being first. But we have to be willing to unpack, unpack the bags. What you went to Mexico in the summertime with is not going to be beneficial for you if you take it to Boston in the fall. You need a change of clothes. You need a change of perspective. You may need a change of environment. You may need to change some routines. I don't know what you need to change, but I know you need to unpack and take some stuff out and let it go. Can't go with you in this next season. And I know that's not easy, but I definitely believe it's necessary. So think about it. In a practical sense, in a spiritual sense, in a relational sense, in a psychological sense, what do you know in your heart of hearts it's time to let go of? Feel free to come over to the Redefining Wealth Facebook community. I think we should really talk about this. Let's talk about it. And please post, please share. What do you think? No, not what do you think? What do you know you need to let go of? What do you know has gone on too long, has just followed you from season to season, and you are ready to draw a line in the sand and say enough is enough? I want to be free in my next level. I want to be free in my next season. And I'm ready to trust that the same spirit that has brought me this far, that has so much in store for me, will meet me where I am and give me what I need to continue on this journey. But I don't have to live in the good old days and I don't have to stay in a space just because it's comfortable and familiar. I get to be uncomfortable. I get to be curious. And I get to see what's possible for me when I'm willing to let go. I really hope that helps. I would love to hear your feedback. Let's talk about it. Your ratings and reviews matter. Please rate and review the podcast. It matters so much. You can even hit me up in social media on Instagram. I'm Seek Wisdom PCW. Share your thoughts. What are you willing to let go of? What do you know you need to let go of? Let's talk about it and get ready for this incredible series. I promise you want to come back over these next three or four weeks. The folks that I have lined up for you are absolutely incredible. And these conversations are going to help you. Whatever you declare after this episode to be the thing you're letting go of, those episodes are going to help you actually put practical steps in place to make it happen. So keep tuning in. Until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. Save. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.